0: Well, hello, everyone. Good morning and welcome to the Highway Community's weekly podcast. I am so glad that you're here, whether you're joining us live or after the fact. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being with us. Today, we're continuing on in our teaching series, Stories of Transformation. Stories are powerful vehicles that God uses to reveal something true and beautiful about who He is and what He does in us and among us and through us. Hearing stories of God's work in the lives of others provides a window to see His transformative work in our midst. And sharing our life stories invites us to take a closer look at God's redemptive work within ourselves. This summer, as part of our teaching series, Highway staff are sharing personal life stories of ours with you, our church family. and. Interspersed among these accounts are three stories that Jesus told, three parables that contain invitations for us to encounter the transforming power of the risen Jesus Christ in our day-to-day lives. We've heard personal life stories over the last few weeks, and this week we're shifting gears and we're going to hear a story from Jesus. So, like the original audience of this story, a crowd in Galilee, let's gather around and lean in and listen to the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 1, we read, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The Parable of the Sower In this story, Jesus uses the familiar to reveal something new. To do this, he uses the language of agriculture. And the language of agriculture was the language of Jesus' audience. Most Galileans like most people in the Roman Empire, were rural farmers. And so a story about a farmer doing what a farmer does and seeds doing what seeds do with birds and weeds and rocks in the midst of it all, well, the crowd would have resonated with all of these things because these things were very much a part of their lives. And Jesus chooses a perfect venue to share this story with rich images from nature, He tells this parable in the beauty of God's creation. You see, by this time, Jesus has left the synagogue and relocated his pulpit, if you will, to the outdoors. He's brought his teaching and demonstration of good news to homes in the countryside, and here we find him at a lake. Specifically, he's in a moored boat, which is a brilliant way for Jesus to not only be seen, but also heard by the masses as the water and the surrounding hills provide acoustic support. And above this natural amphitheater, there are likely birds flying overhead, which was a common sight due to the region's mild climate. So here we have Jesus utilizing these very simple and relatable images in a setting that facilitates envisioning those images. Yet... This common story about farming was understood by only a few of the farming community. While the surface-level concepts of this parable were easily understood, the meaning of this parable was not. Thankfully, Jesus reveals this deeper meaning. Let's look at that together. Starting in verse 18, we read, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And so here we have the interpretation of Jesus' parable from Jesus himself. He reveals to his disciples that the meaning of the parable of the sower is that a person's reception of God's kingdom message is determined by the condition of their heart. Jesus reveals that the person's reception of God's kingdom message is determined by the condition of their heart. In the same way that Soil can foster or inhibit the growth of a seed. The condition of the heart can foster or inhibit understanding and experiencing the truth of God's kingdom in our lives. And so, being aware of the condition of our heart is really important. However, that can also be really difficult. So many things can stand in the way of awareness. Busyness or distraction or confusion are just a few things which can make awareness of the condition of our heart challenging. But fortunately, Jesus gives us a diagnostic tool to assess how our heart is doing. In the same way that a bountiful or meager crop reveals the condition of the soil that a seed is placed in, there's a crop which reveals the condition of our heart. This crop is the emotions we feel, the things we do, and the words we say as we live our lives. Our inner and outer response to life's happenings is our crop. Have you ever had a friend ask you how you're doing and you respond that you're fine and then your friend looks you in the eye and says, no, actually, you're not fine. Maybe because they notice worry in your voice or they saw that you just snapped at the dog or they caught some other outward apparent clue that you, in fact, are not fine. That's definitely happened to me. Well, this is an example of using the crop, if you will, as a diagnostic tool. Now, don't get me wrong. Having a heart of good soil in which Jesus takes residence isn't all about being happy. To the contrary, the Bible shows us that a broad range of emotional responses are not only important, but necessary and good and godly. But... When the worries of life choke us, or joy is quickly scorched by the heat of tough times, or we miss seeing and experiencing God altogether, well, those are red flags. On May eighth, 2018, my mom underwent a biopsy to check out a suspicious lump. It was her birthday. I remember the ache in my stomach. Really? the ache that ran across my entire body as the biopsy took place and then as we waited and waited for the lab results to come back. That ache was sort of a mix of helplessness and fear and other emotions I can't even articulate. But my mom, on the other hand, possessed a centering and a calm that seemed supernatural. This was helpful and even inspiring to me as I walked beside her. If she could find peace in the story, then I could too. About two weeks later, it was confirmed that the lump was cancerous. At this point, I was emotionally prepared for this news. But a nervous anxiety over her unknown future still took residence in my heart. So I distracted myself with way too many Google searches to uncover what this could mean and what we should do next. And Mom, well... She relied on the good advice of the good experts that God gave us, and she remained steady and hopeful and pragmatic. On June 1st, my brother, my sister, and I met mom at Scripps Memorial Hospital in La Jolla and met with a team of medical care providers who took her under their wing and advised her and operated on her and laid out a clear plan of care for the short and medium term to ensure that everything would be done to give her the best chance of fully defeating cancer. By God's mercy and goodness, the surgery was successful. The lump was removed with clear cancer-free margin. A few lymph nodes were removed for good measure and mom's recovery was remarkably quick and largely pain-free. Then, what started off as frequent appointments with doctors moved to less frequent check-ins, as there was no sign of recurrence. And just a month ago, nearly to this day, my mom was told by her oncologist in La Jolla that her health is so strong that she can just be seen by a local specialist in her hometown of El Centro, two hours away. So now, these many years later, after years of encouraging doctor visits and clear test results, now I'm feeling at peace with mom's health. But you know, when the going got tough, and when the heat was turned up earlier, any sense of peace I had pretty much was withered on the vine because its roots were superficial. But my mom, on the other hand, Experienced an enduring peace deeply rooted in Christ during the ups and the downs and everything in between throughout her journey, from noticing the lump to removing the lump to remission. That peaceful and centered inner response is her crop. And as I look at her crop, it is very clear to me that the soil or the condition of her heart is good and healthy. The Word of God and the experience of truths of the Word of God were tilled into the soil of her heart, and her bountiful and beautiful crop was a direct reflection of that through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, last week, when I asked Mom for her permission to share her story with you all, I asked if there was a verse that carried her through this journey, and her response was surprising and yet not surprising at the same time. She said, I don't remember a particular verse, but let me share with you my favorite verse. My favorite verse is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And then she said it by memory as if it had been etched onto her heart for decades. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Out of my mom's heart sprung a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown because the word, the truth of the kingdom, had taken root in her. She didn't need to read this passage daily. I mean, she certainly could have, but she didn't need to in order to experience it because she already knew it. She already believed it. She already experienced it. This truth from God's Word was alive in her, in the core of her very being. She knew that leaning on her own understanding would bear no good fruit. Rather, she knew the good fruit could be found in trusting the Lord with all her heart. And she knew that God would be faithful to make her path straight. When the reality of God's kingdom is tilled into the soil of our hearts, it's manifest in the fruit or the crop of our lives. My friends, soil matters. But sometimes it's hard to see that soil. So, as we close out our time together today, I invite you to consider the soil or the condition of your heart by looking at your crop what does your crop look like? Does your experience of God's truths wither on the vine under the heat of trying times? Do the worries of life choke or overwhelm you? Are you experiencing a bountiful crop as God's truths come alive in you or something in between? As you reflect on your crop, how might God be inviting you to amend the soil of your heart Yesterday, we had our summer prayer retreat. Participating in intentional spaces to meet with God are wonderful ways to amend our heart's soil. Perhaps you're being called to till the soil of your heart. Perhaps some long-established unhealthy habits or thought patterns or false narratives need to be completely disrupted so that poor soil can become good soil. As you reflect on your crop, and consider what that may tell you about your soil. What is God saying to you? I encourage you to continue this conversation with God as we leave this place. And, Highway Family, as you talk and listen and lean into this conversation with God, may you experience a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this story from Jesus and the way that it invites us to consider our soil and our crop and in those things to encounter you. I pray that that we'd be faithful to that invitation, Father God. And that we'd be faithful to press in wherever we're called to break rocks and remove thorns so that our roots would grow deeply in you. We thank you that we can have kingdom size encounters with you and your truths and promises in our lives. God, we want more and more of that. So please meet us through the power of your Spirit, and point us towards you so that we can experience more of you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.